What better way to start the week than bringing in our old friend, Gary Pomo. The Palm joins us this morning. He's always armed with plenty of stories to tell. Mr. Palm, good to see you this morning. Hey, it's good to see you. You know, you, you never change. Looks like I just was here yesterday, and it was probably a long time ago. You still look the same. Oh, I thank oh, you. Okay. Old people tend to lie a little too. So, and and we got old people stories to tell you this morning. I'm going to flash do. back at some point later on this morning about the the old days of Main Street, what downtown Willimantic looked like. But I got to start things off because people know that you've had some health issues over the years, triggered by diabetes. You lost both your legs and stuff. But I don't know, man. You you have you you got one of the best attitudes of anybody in that situation that I know, and you find a way to get through it. So update us with your health situation. Well, you know, I mean, people do that to me all the time. You know, they say that. But, you know, the really, the realization is what else can you do? You have to continue, and that's what we try. You know, it's not perfect. But, uh, no, I'm doing pretty well. You know, uh, I, I always like to point out I, I did end up having an infected in one leg, an infection, and then later another, and diabetes became part of the whole thing, but it all stems to Agent Orange. I'm a Vietnam veteran, and I, I don't ever want to not say Agent Orange was responsible, because it was. Uh, for a lot of veterans out there with the same situation. So unfortunately, uh, it happened, but you know, I'm doing good. I, I had a five-way bypass. Uh, Mr. Mike Morissette, our good buddy, plays drums in the band. He had his. We were back kicking, you know, and he's the same way. Everybody, you know, you kind of do what you have to do. But I feel, I feel okay. You know, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to run a marathon, and I don't want to fall down. Other than that, I'm good. That's good to hear. And uh, speaking of your band, how often do you guys play? Well, the band with my band that I put together. Yeah, was how many time, bands do you have? Well, I have a band, and I have a duo, me and another fellow. I'm back playing a little bit of drums uh, with a duo. So it's, you know, Poem and Paul, and we do Oldie But Goodies. And, uh, and then uh, I still do a lot of the car shows as the MC DJ during the summer, a lot of that. That still goes on. And uh, also, uh, we, you know, the band, the guys, they all have other groups as well. They play with other bands, just like all musicians. They play in different bands, but uh, they come together. We've been, I mean, three of the same level, three of the five have been doing it for probably 30 years, you know. But we don't play every week. We play once a month, and a lot of it's for good causes, like at the VF, you know, the Veterans Club. And Your gigs from the music to the car shows, what is the clientele you draw. Are they mostly the baby boomer age, or do you get youngsters that get into the oldie music? At car shows, you see a variety of ages because there are a lot of muscle cars still existing today. And kids are coming in. Uh, got, we used to have clunkers. You had to put oil in them. And these kids come in with Mustangs, with uh, unbelievable brand-new cars. No, it's a variety. And, and the, the music, I, I tend to play the music from... The era of the cars, but I, I kind of keep it definitely more 50s, 60s, 70s. Those are the classics to me because I'm an old guy. So to me, and the ones that are there, but then there's a new group coming up, and you know, and they're still into that end of it as well. You know, they come to some of the uh, dances, functions that are put on by some of the car clubs. For instance, the Dream Machines do two a year, so they have a, a dance. If you want to call, you know, those days are kind of gone in many ways because of the casinos, you know. 
it's hard to get people to come out. Gary, people think of you in this area literally as an institution. You've been around forever, but you're not a Willimantic guy originally. Give us your timeline. You're you're from well, Norwich. Well, I, I was brought up in Norwich, yeah. and I till till I came to Willimantic eighth grade, which was 1960. Uh, 60, well, I, yeah, 60, I guess. So would that uh, be noble school? Or, or, actually, it was. Actually, yeah. hey, that's good. You're good. It was noble well, school. Well, I've been here forever, too. <laughs> no, that's true. No, but yeah, that was noble school. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, eighth grade, and then went to Wyndham High, you know, that type of thing, and always uh, always lived here since then. I mean, and by the way, my, tell, well, what, tell people where Wyndham High was then. It ain't uh, where it is now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Wyndham High is that building that I don't know what they're doing to it. There's something going on in there. But, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the big old building mm-hmm. on the corner up there on, what is that? What's Prospect. That? Prospect. Prospect okay. and High. Yeah. High. High Street. That's I remember High Street. Because you used to have to run down that when you used to sneak out of class. All right, I so mean, you have your stellar academic career as a whippet. Then what? Oh, and then I, <laughs> I went into the service. I uh, volunteered or drafted? No, I was going to get drafted, so we volunteered. I went with about five guys. We went a buddy system. That only last, lasted through boot camp. I went to, uh, uh, from boot camp, I went to California. Only three or four months, they started sending Navy people uh, in country to Vietnam. So I got to fly over there. My big joke is my my friends that were in the army took them 30 days to get there because they went on the ship. I flew in there. Was there in 18 hours, so it was pretty interesting. Look when you look back now, uh, that's all. And then came back from there, went to Maryland, came back home after that. My tour, you know, the the, the uh, three years I was in three years, uh, and then I I went to work. I managed a couple of music stores. I went to work for ABC Records. I worked for them for about four years. Uh, Who were some of your big artists on ABC Records? Oh, Dunhill. I mean, uh, D- Dunhill was the lady. Dunhill was the mamas, so mamas and papas and the grassroots. Jim, Jim Croce, grassroots. Uh, but I was, you know, what it was was ABC owned. We we put albums places, and it wasn't just their albums. It was albums. So that was that was a good job. It was a, had a lot of benefits with it. It was nice to have. You know what I was thinking about? Just the other day, I was telling somebody this story that I knew those artists were on those labels, because back then, when you had the actual seven-inch vinyl record, big hole in the middle and stuff, you always saw the labels. And so anybody that worked in the business back then, I'm talking 60s, 70s, maybe even 50s for that matter, and maybe a little portion of the 80s, you sort of identified the artist with the label. And that could include big stuff like the Beatles on Capitol or the Beach Boys on Capitol or other labels as well. These days, with everything being digital... And even CDs, and we still got a ton of CDs in the studio here, you don't see the labels anymore. And frankly, all the current stuff that's out now, the stuff that's been out for the last 25 years, I probably couldn't tell you the labels of any of them. But when you mentioned Dunhill, we didn't talk about this in advance, I knew right away Mamas and Papas Grassroots and the like. I agree. I agree. I think people did relate to that. And like you mentioned, the Beatles on Capitol. But then again, people who collect Beatle records... They were on. They was on VJ. They were on Tolly records. Swan were, and Swan, yeah. And these are all very collectible type records because of the fact that there was, you know, Capital One, just like, just like with Elvis, you know, when Elvis went over from Sun, you know, Sun so, to RCA. Yeah, to RCA. Yeah. I mean, it was the same type of thing that happened a lot back then because there were a lot of little tiny record companies, you know. So I think that made a 
uh, like you say, you kind of miss that, but I, I, it kind of cracks me up. You go into the music store now and you see albums for sale. And the albums are like $29. And, and I asked the guy, do they sell? He said, oh, yeah, we sell them. And they're actually outsold CDs last year, I read somewhere. All right, so drop a few names on me here. Some of the records, 45, 33, that you bought as a kid. Do you remember a couple of the 45s that you bought? And where did you buy them? Uh, in Norwich, when I was in Norwich, I bought them at a place called Gaffney's which was a record store. You could go into a booth and listen to the song. Although a lot of what I bought, because I wasn't a rich kid, I bought a lot of these top records, which would have three songs on each side, done by some schmo. Not the originals, but the original song. It was good enough as a kid is 12 years old, you know. I mean, because it only cost 39 cents. Then I would go down to the Gaffney's, and go in there and listen to the some of the real ones until they kicked you out because you didn't buy nothing. But, you know, every once in a while you'd buy a record, but it was a lot of money back then. So right. Well, how much was it? How well, much did it cost I mean, you to buy The Lion Sleeps Tonight? Back then, I mean, I, I'm guessing they were at least, you know, 79, 89 cents. Yeah, because— uh, And you could buy the others for 39, you know. Well, the, the original version, though, the, the, oh, the, the real version was— Yeah, you got Yeah, because for me, in L.A., Hollywood, where I grew up, it was Wallach's Music City. Wallach was the guy that founded Capitol Records, and he had a record store right there at Sunset and Vine, and they had the listening booths, just like you said, and there— the singles, I remember, ironically, I bought Cupid by Sam Cooke. Yep. I've got it still at home, but uh, they were 98 cents. Yeah, 98. I, that's a, you know, I'm saying in that area, you know, even in the, the department stores that were in town like Barker's, they had a nice record department. And their records, that's what they were back then. I think, I mean, early 60s, that was uh, Barker's uh, up where Stop and Shop is now. But uh, I, can rem I remember that. I, you know, I remember uh, uh, places that... Uh, like movies, going to the movie. I remember going to the movie for 35 cents, and I'm thinking, I'm not that old, but it was a discount already movie theater in Norwich. Showed three movies, 35 cents. And back then, you'd sit through them all, and you'd stay. You stay. Nobody kicked you out. You stayed again. It was it was amazing. Where did you see movies back then? Where did I see them? Yeah. Oh, up in Norwich. When I was in Norwich, of course, up here in Capital. Uh, was it Capital, right? Capital Theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jim I, I, was existed. I think was almost done. Nobody wanted to go to Jim. And the Strand Theater was also yeah. in town here. That was oh, is that predates no, your time? I'm was sure. Was that down yeah. down at the other end? I don't now. I that I don't know. I don't. I don't know, know where don't it was know, located. So if 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 I were to go to Shea Pomo, uh, your house, how many vinyl records would I find? Oh, good. My wife's listening. She just tuned me out about all the junk I got, and you got to bring it up. What a guy. Uh, I have a lot. I have a building built outside with approximately seven to 8,000 albums, uh, and that's just what it's for. It's for, for the albums. 45s, I have quite a few. They're upstairs, but they're so much smaller, you can get a lot. I probably have the same in that, but a lot of them, of course, now have gone by. You know, need some old people to enjoy them, 50s, 60s. But although I do have 70s and 80s, you know. I'm assuming you have a working turntable. Oh, yeah, multiple, yeah. 
plays 45 and 33. Oh, Do you yeah. have any 78s? 78s. I did. Not so much now. The only 78s I've held on to have been the rock and roll ones. And they're hard to find. But, you know, like, you know, I've had like G, you know, by the Crows, you know, 78. I've, I, had a, I had a couple of Elvis ones, one I sold. But, you know, on 78, they're a little more unusual. But really the quality on them is lacking. <laughs> well, the question we get all the time, and you and I have talked about this on occasion as well, people are looking to get rid of that stuff right. for whatever reason. One reason might be they don't have a thing to play it on. And you don't need them and they think we want them they think we want people scratched up 45 records oh what a good idea that is we got enough of our own that are scratched up here but what's the recommendation that you as an expert in this field have for how people can get rid of them without throwing them out well it's hard because like i say i myself have i really haven't bought an album or a record probably in a few years two three years now i used you know way back i did but not anymore and People, unfortunately, we're going to get rid of records. No offense, but they're going to have Lawrence Welk. They're going to, you know, they're going to have the ones that were big, Mitch Miller. You know, unfortunately, that's what the bulk of them are. Anything good, if you put them out at a tag sale, some will buy them, buy the good ones. They're not going to take the whole load, though. They don't want, you know. I, I don't know what to tell. That's a tough one. I, I think it's difficult to get rid of them. Although, if, if it's someone that was a collector, then it's not going to be that hard. You can go right online today. That's the biggest thing. I couldn't believe how different it's changed if you go online now. There's some more places that just to find out about records. Now, I'm not in the market for this stuff anymore, but I'm under the impression there's a bigger market for that now, meaning people reselling or buying 45s albums, there might have been ten or twenty years ago. Do oh you yeah, feel I, that way? oh I think there's a good, I think there's a market, but you have to really work at it. I mean, I, I see guys putting records on this, um, not Spotify, but there's another one, Forty Fives, whatever the site is. I remember going, to, and you'll see them showing the worst record you've ever seen, and like it's a big deal. And I'm thinking, I must have four of those, and all of them are in good shape, better shape than that. But you know, you're right. Uh, there's a there's a market. There's definitely a market, and I I'm assuming that most of what I'm reading are by younger people. I think it is younger folks that are really starting to collect some of that stuff. And I know the one thing you and I had talked about in previous years is that one place you can probably get rid of some of your old vinyl. Go to the Mansfield Drive-in flea market. Oh yeah, there's no, I mean the market flea market is that. always there. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not saying there's nowhere, but now it's on you. You got to take them there. Put them there, sit there, and somebody's going to want to pick them over, and they'll take the best. But you're still going to have the records. Then those used to throw away, because like I, like I say, not picking on Lawrence Welk or any of that type of stuff, or or uh, even Herb Albert. It was such a phenomenally big success that everybody had an album by them. You know, it's like the well, kid, the, one Herb Albert album in particular. If you know where I'm going on that one. Oh yeah, well. Whipped cream and other yeah, delights. Whipped cream because Remember that cover? Because yeah. cover, yeah. That's Iconic. Cool. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. And musically, a really good album, but <laughs> there's less people that want them. That's the thing. And uh, I remember a good example that you see every every flea market tag sale you go to, you would see the Kennedy assassination album, the memorial one with a picture on it. It's, you see it everywhere you go, because everybody bet that era had bought that album after Kennedy was assassinated. And I remember, I couldn't, you know, to me, when I went to it, and I said, gee, there's another one. Every time you'd see it in there, people would, they it, it, it just, 
if you're the right person, if you're really into oldies, you got to do with that. You got to put up with the bad as well, you know? Well, and there was also right before the Kennedy assassination, there was that comedy album called First Family, and it was a huge hit. They were all doing impersonations. That shows up too, David Fry, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who did it. No, it wasn't David Fry. Oh no, not um, David Fry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying uh, to uh, Von, Von Mater. Mater. I just Von I just Mater. heard John Tewitt chime in from the newsroom. Von Mater. Von yeah, Mater. and and so they were huge, and then came the assassination, and, and it yeah, wasn't funny that was anymore. It for them. And yeah. it, that that was not good for those people. Every time I hear the song "Wipeout," I think of my guest this morning, Gary Pomo. Because of a night when his band with Mike Morissette, I don't even remember what the name of the band was at that point in time. You can tell me that. Tribute. Yes, indeed. It's been and forever. they were playing on Third Thursday over by the uh, the old, well, it's now the Wyndham Theater Guild's Burton Limit Theater. And you got Gary up there as the front man. And then you got the band in backup. I think Joe Tominelli was on sax. Joe was playing sax. And That's Mike right. Morissette was on drums. Well, at one point in that appearance, you went behind Mike, and the two of you guys were doing a tandem drum, especially the, the drum solo in that song. You guys played Wipeout together, and that was probably 15 years ago, but I remember that like it was yesterday. That was a great piece of entertainment. It was a bit that we used to do yeah, on a good occasion. Uh, you know, we'd let, we, it was a fun thing, and... Uh, I would lean over Mike sometimes and lean too far, and he'd be trying to stay on the chair. <laughs> it was it was always fun. Mike is such a great drummer. He's probably one of the finest drummers around. There's no question about it. And uh, he plays in uh, you know multiple bands. But yeah, he's he still plays when I need him and ask him to play. He's pretty much tries to be available and does it. So that's that's a nice thing. But yeah, that was a that was a fun bit. I must admit. You know, I and I'm trying to get back playing a little bit more drums. Can't can't do much with the bass drum, and I use the hi hat a little on uh, bass drum, but uh, yeah, still you know still. Explain what that means about the bass drum. As I as I interpret what you just said, it's because you use your foot to right. play the bass drum. It's not the hands and the drumsticks. Right? No, I I can I can play a bass drum, but I have to lift the entire leg to make it work. Whereas when you were playing as a drummer, you it would ankle action. You know, same. You could you know you don't need you necessarily have to pick up the whole drum the whole leg. Either side, I have to pick up the leg, and there's no feeling. You don't feel it. So it's got to be just, you know, rhythm, you know, whatever the rhythm is. You Hopefully hopefully you're hitting the right rhythm, you know. And connecting so, the dots, Gary's got... Yeah, connect these, the dots. Do, yeah. do we call it the prosthetic legs? Is that what you've got from the knee down? Yeah, I have a knees. I have kneecaps, and that's all. <laughs> once in a while I have a pain in my foot, and I don't have a foot, but that does happen once in a while. Now, how does that work? How does that happen? Phantom, phantom pain. There's places that the brain doesn't know any different from what has been explained to me is the brain still thinks there's a foot down there every once in a while. Some people have it very bad, but uh, I've been, I have very minor, on occasion, that's all. Not I'm a, sure a, when you lost the legs that you had to learn how to walk again. You had to go through various forms of either physical or occupational therapy. Is that a kind of thing that once you learn it, then you don't have to go there anymore? That you don't? Do you still go to therapy now? For no, that? no, I don't go to therapy. the The biggest problem is uh, when I lost one leg, the first leg. I still had a leg. It was fine. That not a big deal. I got to the point where 
Um, I didn't need a cane. I walked the normal, the whole bit, you know, and not normal, but I could walk. And I not a lot of distance, but more than now. I have the second leg now removed. That changed everything. It's a big, big deal when you have only, when you have both prosthetics. So, um, the walking is, I can walk like I walk from the car to here, and I sat down, you notice, because I need to sit and rest a minute, just because it's exhausting. I try to make myself do some of that for exercise. At home, I have an electric wheelchair, so if I want to go outside in the yard and roll around, because if I went outside, I would have to have a place that I could walk to and sit down. So so that's that's kind of what happens. It's a different thing, but... Different but the same, you know. It's uh, there are guys who have this happen, and they just they get disgusted with it, and they just use the chair, and that's it. But yeah. you indicated that you can't play the bass drum. Well, I can, but, you but just, not. But you also just said walking from the car to here. So here you are with two prosthetic legs. Tell me about driving a car. How that experience works? Oh yeah, well, the driving the car is okay because lifting the leg for the brake and the gas is fine. You know, new cars, the newer cars, because they're much more responsive. I have an old hot rod, a 1954, which I actually have for sale because I'm not comfortable trying to drive it. The brakes on those are a little older, and you, you, you push down, and then it catches. But you better be able to feel that. With the, with the newer cars, you don't have to feel it because you just go up and you push it. Touch, you, I drive with the brake, I always say. In other words, not when I'm on the road, but when I come in here, I, I'll pull into the parking place by using the brake and not giving it gas. So that's all. Well, is that 1954 automatic or standard? Are you using a clutch? No, no. That's an automatic. Couldn't, I couldn't do a clutch. But guys, there are guys I think that do. Was that 1954 initially a lead gas vehicle? I maybe originally I have a 327 Corvette engine in it, so it's it's it just takes you know just the 87. That's all. It's fine. not exactly a 409. <laughs> no, 409. she's real fine. My 409. <laughs> I ain't got one of those, but they show up at the car shows and they always come up and say, "Hey, can you play 409?" I don't know if I got it. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, Beach Boys discussion that's you here have. this morning. Yes, indeed. Yeah. You have spent a lot of time in the last decade or more having a television show on charter tell me how that came about and what the content of the show is okay it came about i i was just saying i think i'm pretty much I, I, with a few times when i lost the legs where i didn't do anything approximately coming up it's about in my 10th anniversary of this show it's on friday night seven o'clock it's called poem presents and it's just a my favorite word to use for the show a menagerie of stuff okay when you get to use the word menagerie menagerie of stuff in other words it's pretty much clips of bands you know from the 50s the 60s the 70s i pretty much cut kind of in the 70s that's about as far as i go i also do uh uh, I, I'll have news things. I have a, a pretty big collection uh, of my own. In other words, you could go on YouTube and find a piece, a piece, a piece. This is stuff that I actually own, I have, and that I've, I've collected. I have go to archives and I download a lot of the, like, 1964 newsreels or, you know, that kind of thing. And I use drive-in clips, like, don't forget to put your speaker back on. It's just a lot of stuff. And it's every, it's on every, every, on Charter 192, 
7 p.m., okay? And uh, You want to explain that drive-in comment? There's some younger people who have no idea what you're talking about. What? They don't know what I drive? They don't know nothing about the, the, pa- the passion pit? No, come on. Yeah, your mama didn't tell you about the passion pit? Don't go there. Okay. Uh, yeah, the driver. We have one here. We're very fortunate. This one yeah, but, but now you hear the sound on the three screens oh, yeah, yeah. through the radio. Right. Yeah, in other words, what Wayne's kind of hinting at is you used to have this little speaker. You stick it out the window, and if you drove away and forgot about it, it'd rip it off the thing. They even have something that they put up on the movie screen, which I thought, because I use a lot of those little bits because they have some great sayings in there. They say, uh, uh, if you should pull you know, the speaker by mistake, Please stop by the, the thing and return it. <laughs> They're not telling you we're going to do anything to you. Just give us back the speaker. And anyway, they lost a lot of speakers, but people, I'm sure. But, yeah, you drive in theater. You go there and you get usually two movies, the, the raunchiest hamburgs in the entire world, and you'd still go and get them anyway. I just remember, yeah, it was a great place. Those were the days, like you saw, if you saw the old movies, it really happened. Two guys in the front, a guy and another guy, a guy and a girl, depending on David Robinson. And in the trunk was about six more. <laughs> and those things were real. People did that. They sneak in for nothing. But it, it, the, the drive-ins were, you know, were really good fun, too, you know. You're, you're an oldies guy, and you've uh, made a great living at it over the years. Do you have your favorite oldies movies that stand out in your head? What are some? Because I got one on the top of my list right now that I'm thinking of. But I'm just wondering, as far as rock and roll movies that really stood out to you and that could be annette and frankie avalon on the beach no i i i you know i i enjoy seeing them for the music portions because you see people actually singing sometimes they'd be singing the song that i really like a lot of my shows will have people up there doing what they did back then called lip sync the song they play their record like on dick clock and they'd sing uh, i mean they'd move their lips to, to the song but uh, every once in a while, there are a lot of clips out there of people who are actually singing their song, which is great. Especially the doo-wop groups. They would always be singing, you know. Well, where I was going was the, the movie, movie. I'm sorry. American Graffiti. Yeah. I thought that was a tremendous movie overall, George Lucas, but also the soundtrack for that movie. Oh, it just the got one soundtrack. hit after another. Oh, the greatest soundtrack of all. You know what else has a great soundtrack? is Forrest Gump. Oh, absolutely. That is a great soundtrack. I mean, one of the best. I mean, and it goes through the years, and it fits the years like in the movie, like the movie did. So I thought that that was also good. I'm trying to think of the one with Alan Freed. I'm blanking. The name of that movie. King of Rock and Roll? Huh? No, I, I, know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Jay Leno was in it. Jay Leno yeah. played the driver. I saw it. That was a very, I, yeah. very, I, I very actually, good movie. That I found to be kind of entertaining, I thought. Well, in American Graffiti, uh, our pal Wolfman Jack was uh, in it playing himself in that movie. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm wondering, do you, do you get people occasionally that you run into who compare you to Wolfman Jack? I, I see a similarity. Oh, yeah many, yeah. many people do. My original business card said, which was pretty stupid when I think about it, because Wolfman was from Massachusetts anyway. It said, New England's own Wolfman Jack. That was me. The poem, you know, that my first business card way back. That's yeah, cool. uh, a lot of people do. A lot, I mean, I say a lot. It happens. People sometimes say, "Oh, you're the wolf man, right?" <laughs> so, tell me the feedback you get from your Charter One Ninety Two show on Friday nights. Uh, you get people to bump into you. Uh, you, know, you know, surprisingly enough, I thought it was me. 
and some guy out there every Friday night turns on the TV and watches my <laughs> show. So I mean, got my one fan. I figure. I, I mean, I do it mostly for myself, just for you know, kind of to, to, to utilize my brain a little more and try to create something. But uh, yeah, I do. People, that's what I was gonna say. I've had people come up to me and say, "Oh yeah, we watch you on Friday night." And I say, "Oh really." Well, that's nice. I, that's great. I, I didn't know that. You know. With the help of Google and my phone, the answer that both of us spaced out on is American Hot Wax. That's it, American Hot Wax. The Alan Freed movie. I just got a copy yeah. of that movie from someone. 1978. It was hard to find. 1978 for that one. And you have a home recording studio. What do you do there? Oh, okay. Well, that's been, been a hobby kind of with me type thing at first. And uh, I record people. I mean, you know, and if anybody's out there like to be recorded, call me. I'll try to make arrangements, get you in there. I'm free. The price is good. You have to pay for the CDs if you're ever going to make a CD. But the quality is, is fairly decent, I would say good. I've had some good luck. I've done probably about 10, maybe 10, 10 CDs. Now, when you say you record people, you mean musically. Some kind of a, a song or oh yeah you come in we yeah. do parts i have multiple yeah. track multiple you know lots of tracks it's it's regular like a studio i'm you know i've got a, a big old board with like you know i think i have 18 input 18 tracks you know and mics what you, and what do you do for musical accompaniment oh i well i mean if if hopefully i'm recording a band you know i do that but you're a guitar player a single act whatever the act might be but you know they, there are plenty of tracks out there you know but that particular one that I gave you. Yeah, the, you got, those of you, the little listeners know what's going on here. Okay, he, that, he gave me two CDs. They're even shrink-wrapped. One of them's called The Poems Cartoons, T-O-O-N-S, and the other is Gotcha Covered. Okay, fill in the blanks now. Okay, the, the first one I do, uh, these are always promotional from my end. They go to the car shows and the cruises. Those are all the original car songs. Not not make believe, you know, not somebody doing them. They're by the original people. And that one there, I'd sell at car shows for a contribution, which I make, I send out to uh, Vietnam Veterans of America and uh, Feed the Vets, which is Mike Beatty's. You know, if you know who Mike Beatty did that, it's for Mr. that Mr. Cross Country Bike Ride. The Cross Country Bike Ride. Yeah, and that, that's what that money, I send a check to them uh, every summer, during the summer, whatever, whatever. I, say. I put them up there for sale and I tell them what it's for. And it's just 100% to them. I'd like to open this CD, Gary, but I'm having a hard time with the shrink wrap. <laughs> I'm sure not the only person that said that, but boy, I'll well, tell you, you know what, what, this these thing, are, these this are, are profes hard. professionally done. When you open it up, you'll notice that the CDs, everything is professionally done in here. I have a company that I deal with, Shrink wrap. and I, I send it out. <laughs> now, those there are all the original tunes. Oh, well, now on the inside, I can see the uh, the liner notes and the sleeve and all the songs oh, yeah, that are yeah. on that, this. Oh yeah, yeah, that one didn't have it. That was because. All right, yeah, Drag City, Jan and Dean, Hey Little Cobra, Rip Chords. I bought that on yeah. a forty-five Columbia, as I call it, Columbia Records. Uh, Four oh nine, the Rip Chords, Hot Rod City, the Super Stocks. That I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's in uh, here you probably might remember. Uh, let's see, Little Hot Rod Susie by Randy and the Rainbows. Right, who, that's an unusual one. I put that whose on. Whose big hit was? Denise. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 40 Miles of Bad Road. Now, I think of that as by Dwayne Eddy, but you got it by Bill Black's That's combo. And let people know who Bill Black was and the role he played in a pretty famous... Yeah, Bill Black was the bass player for Elvis Presley Thank when you. he began. Yes. Yeah, he played uh, yeah. upright bass. And then he went on to do this thing with uh, 
this little combo, and he actually is playing the bass on it, I guess, because the keyboard was always the key part, the organ and the sax player, so I don't know. So this is um, Chuck Berry, No Particular Place to Go, which is right. about riding, yeah, a, that's riding, right, yeah. Yeah, riding in my car, uh, GTO, Ronnie the Daytona's, Dead Man's Curve, Jan and Dean, something by Paul Revere and the Raiders I had never heard before. Well, that, you know what that is? That's a Superstock, is that SS? It was used as a promotion to sell the Superstock, the, the uh, Pontiac. SS-396 is what right, the full right. title is. Mustang Sally, Little Deuce Coop, Ballad of Thunder Road by Robert Mitchum. That's I a good Mitchum. choice. That's a good one. Uh, oh, Six Days on the Road, Dave Dudley, another good one there. Yeah. And uh, Traveling Man, is that the Ricky Nelson song done by Red Foley? Different or the it's same? It's a different one. Different song. Yeah, it's good. And then something called Hot Rod Race by Jimmy Dolan. This is right. all... Right, he's the guy that did the original, uh, uh, the one that Commander Cody did. And that's uh, yeah, Hot Rod Lincoln. Hot Rod yeah. Lincoln, yeah. He's the original. And this is on the uh, CD, The Poems, Car, Tunes. And then on the actual CD itself, there's a couple of uh, you know, heavy-duty old cars on here. And then there's there's a picture of Gary on here. Yeah. Well, who's this guy over here on his right? Who's this good-looking guy? That's, that's me back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. And on the other side, that's me as the chunks from my show. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Well, but anyway, that's what that's all about. And I, I did those as a promotion for, for the veterans. The other one is a friend of mine that comes over and we record. Yeah, Got You Covered. And those are all songs that we covered. And uh, for promotion, that's all. Just uses it for promotion. So now this one, for example, Cut One is Fortunate Son. Credence Clearwater Revival did that. But it ain't Credence doing it. It's you guys doing it. No, it's us. I, I'm just doing I'm I'm responsible for percussion, and I'm responsible for uh, the producing and doing it, and, you know, and, recording it. And his duet has Knock It On Heaven's Door, Light My Fire, Sweet Home Chicago, yep. Wild Horses, Dear Prudence, Just Dropped In, and a lot of others on yeah, and they're, they're done in the in the style of Mark, the way he likes it. And, that's and it's called doing. Got You Covered because you're yeah, covering, covering great song. songs. See, yeah. I see right through you there, you pal. You got it, man. You came to Wyndham, you said, in the eighth grade. And I wonder what memories you have of this town, especially Main Street, Willimantic, from the days when you were a kid growing up, Gary. Well, I mean... At that time, it was the beginning of when I started to get into music. So I always remembered on uh, Railroad Street, I think this was, was there was a music store. And uh, I met other people, other kids that were into music as well at that location. Also, back at the top of the hill, I remember there was actually another music store. So I do remember that, up right up from the Capitol Theater across the street. Uh, so those memories, of course, I always, always relate to that. But I can remember Todd's, you know, the department store down there. And I remember uh, my wife, Joanne, she used to work at, uh, what do you call it, the Woolworths. Is that what it was? Woolworths yeah. is where yeah, the, yeah. the Nafsis building is now. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's She used to work there. I remember that. And, uh, of course, there was a drugstore right here. A Currents, I think it might yeah. have been. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Jim's, you know, Jim's Coffee Spot, Coffee's the spot. hot dogs. We talk about them every time anybody gets together and remembers, remember those hot dogs. So, yeah, I mean, there was, there was a lot of stuff. Uh, Hurley's. Hurley's was, a, you know, a big, big place. The kids would get their clothes there for school. Their scout uniforms. Scout uniforms, that's right. They were the scout downstairs. You went downstairs. Yep, you're right. I remember that now. I had forgotten that. Yeah, matter of fact, there was a troop here in town, right? 32? Was it 32? I think so, in Willamette. Because I think I came up from Norwich. I was a scout, and I went there for a little while. 
you know, but uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of just remember the movie theater, of course, Capitol. I always remembered that. And the YMCA is another place that I hung out a lot. Ping pong was a big game back then. I'm guessing now when you do your live concerts, you have another version of YMCA. Oh, yeah. Doing the whole sing-along with yeah, the YMCA the same, yeah, thing yeah, going on, right? Sure. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's, there's things that happened back then that always come to mind every once in a while. Certain things. I got one yeah. for you that on Jackson Street, next uh, right now it's Jilson Square, but on Jackson Street was the College Shop Restaurant. College Shop, yes. I, I think it was George Bury, I think is the guy that ran yeah, that place. That's his name, George Yeah, Bury. well, the reason I remember that is that here I am, a kid from Fairfield County, well, California, then I lived in Fairfield County, Connecticut, and I come up here in 1970, and we had a guy who I'm pretty sure you know, Paul Trowbridge, yeah. who did a racing show yeah, called yeah. Oh, Checkered, I remember that. Yes. Checkered Flag Announcer. Ran at 7 o'clock each weeknight. He Son called himself Paul Tremaine, but he was Paul Trowbridge. He and I became great friends. Well, I didn't know him when I came to the radio station here. Within the first week, he met me. I was doing the afternoon show, so my show ended with his show at 7 o'clock. And he took me out to lunch. And we went to the college shop. I have good memories of that place. Yeah. Not there. I guess that went the way of redevelopment. But nonetheless, that was one of the places I yeah, remember was, as well. I remember that place very so, well. Those and were the I days, also... my friend. We thought they'd never end. Yeah, we thought they'd never end. <laughs> one thing that you're very actively involved in, Gary, is veterans and veterans affairs. So uh, what are some of the events you got coming up? Okay. I just, I really just have a couple of things I'd like to kind of let people, hopefully they'll be able to... Uh, participate in some way or another uh sunday december 10th the second sunday of every month the vfw has a breakfast between 8 and 11 but this particular sunday on the 10th uh the mfc motorcycle club who does a lot of things for veterans will be up there collecting toys for tots for the marines toys for tots so you don't have to come and have breakfast. I mean, we hope you do because it's probably the greatest breakfast around. Uh, but you ought to come up and maybe bring a toy. I know there's a lot of them going on, but let me tell you, there's never going to be enough. So make sure if you can, December 10th, that's this Sunday. If you wouldn't mind, stop by, bring a toy, unwrapped, and uh, anything at all from little boys, little girls, and even some bigger boys and girls that need them as well. And where's okay. that happening again? That's going to be happening on December 10th. This Where? Sunday Where? at the VFW on Willimantic, right, on Main Street. And I have one more thing that I want to, in, in conjunction with, uh, not in conjunction, but on the idea of, uh, you know, reefs across America. They place reefs. Uh, the Greater Wyndham Veterans Council, which I happen to be a member of, uh, we're going to be placing reefs at each cemetery flag post. Now, every, each cemetery has a flag post. They were originally put there. By the, by the you know the Greater Wyndham Veterans Council in 1972, the reason being was, you know, in the cemetery to be honoring all the veterans that are there, because obviously even now today it's worse. It wasn't that good then either. Get enough people out to do every one. So we're going to do that. This has never hasn't been done before. So we're doing this as uh, something new. So uh, the they're going to be placed there. And uh, we're asking if people would like to follow us. We're going to be doing the Memorial Day route. What we do is we leave from the VFW on December 16th. Okay, it's a Saturday. 
We're going to meet at the VFW about 10 p.m. And everyone's invited. If you'd like to join us in the pilgrimage, that'd be great. Uh, but the very last one, the final placements will be at the Greenway Memorial down here on Jackson. Jackson yeah. And that, that should be happening by about noon. That's a very short little program. And everyone's welcome. I mean, if we get, it would be nice. I hate to say it, but veteran support is not what it once was, to be honest. I mean, uh, it would be nice to see a few more bodies out there. And, 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 of course, we all know with the Internet, the negative thoughts that people always seem to come up with. Social media. Yeah, 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 social media, I'm just saying. There's a lot of good stuff, too, you know. And the thing is, support is important. So we're kind of looking forward. This is the first year that we've done this. Uh, we hope to make it, you know, every year. And, uh, and like I say, the Greater uh, Wyndham Veterans Council is a, a group of uh, veterans who uh, have been representing this town for veterans for a long time. But 1972, I didn't. I just learned that. They're responsible for all the flagpoles in the cemetery. I didn't know that. I was just told. So that's all. That's really what I had to say about, you know, the veterans' things. And uh, I hope you'll continue to support. It's nice when people say, hey, thanks for your service. But it's nicer when you say, gee, what can I do to help you know there's a lot of a lot of folks out there could use your help so it'd be uh any any of the groups out there uh that would like to participate please 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 do come you bet and i've been wondering about this all morning long and it might be a good tie-in right now because of you veterans you talked about but on your fleece jacket you are wearing right now oh yeah. i see five pins attached to it are those veteran related or what are those pins you're showing off uh, let me see uh, this one here says i owe somebody 240 dollars okay yeah. what are the other <laughs> now this is a navy this is a navy memorial for you know the the uh, navy memorial a friend of mine gave me is that the one from washington dc yes i've that, done that, that it's yeah. fascinating that is good I, wow. I actually went there once too and but it's this free yeah, given to me by a friend. He gave it to me. And uh, another one's just saying Vietnam veteran. Uh, uh, another is, uh, uh, this is the 214, DD 214, which is a pin. You know, in other words, when you get out of the service, you get a 214. So anything you do with the VA or anywhere at all, you got to have a 214 to prove that you're in the service. But anyway, this is just. What is it? Now, wait a minute. I'm, I've got a medical deferment. I was not in the service. What does the 214 mean? Is that some sort of paperwork document? Yeah, it's a, a document. It gives you a record of what you are, who you were, okay. you're in the service, what years, what medals you have. And that's that just says when you served. And that way, it, it's proof of it. So when you're looking for the benefits and need some assistance, you've always got to present a 214. That's the thing, DD-214. We've always heard stories of veterans who come back from a war, and in your case, Vietnam, who have a difficult time assimilating back into society. Did you have that experience when you came back from Nam? Oh, not compared to, no. Not, not like some guys. Some guys did very bad, yeah. No, I can't say. You know, I mean, I, I'm sure everyone, anybody, that, you know, when you're doing it, it's like the guys that are in the service now, if they're, they're 18 to 19 years old, and we're the same way. Nothing's going to happen to us. You know, nothing, when you're 19, nothing's going to happen to you, even though it ends up happening. Okay, but I'm saying you don't think that. Not at 19 or 18. And that's the average age in Vienna. I was 19, you know. So you had a bunch of kids. I, I see my grandkids, and my my granddaughter's like 20, and I look, and she's just 
to me, a baby, you know, a kid. And I'm thinking, wait, geez, I'm in Vietnam. I'm 18 years old. A crazy world, you know. It's, it's, I'm just saying that it's a, it's a difficult thing uh, to, to, to figure why one guy gets it this way and another guy gets it this way. Everybody's different. Do you still have dreams about your experience over there no. when you were 19? No. I was lucky. I mean, I, I, I was on a, a riverboat for a while. For uh, you said you were part. lucky, but you talked to her this morning about the Agent Orange exposure. That's well, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about in-country. The Agent Orange is a big thing now. For Vietnam veterans, you know, that has become the biggest thing. So many guys have got it. Just like they're doing the thing with the burn pits now for the fellas that were over in Iraq and things like that. You know, this is true stuff. It's not, it's not made up, you know. So anyway, I yeah, it's uh, Agent Orange is a big, big deal, and uh, they're addressing it, but slowly, but addressing it, you know. And let me wrap things up on what I hope is a positive note here. But with what you've gone through, having both legs amputated from the knees down and so forth, is uh, is is your wife Joanne like uh, a, a savior for you? I mean, is she she must have been great. To oh me. no, she 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 does she does it all, but she's. You know, she's, 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 I don't know, she's always been tough like that. You know, she took care of it. When I was in rehab and doing all that stuff, she was going back and forth. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, there's no question that uh, that uh, she's done a good job. I, I don't think, I guess I didn't do as good a job, but she did. Tomorrow we'll be married 54 years, so. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Wow, Joanne, nice job hanging with this guy. That's impressive. <laughs> oh, All And she's answering it too, saying, you ain't kidding. That's your guardian angel. And uh, just put in one quick plug for your charter show on Friday nights again. Oh, yeah. If you get a chance, uh, check it out. It's on Friday night, 7, 7 o'clock if you have charter, channel 192. It's on 7. It's also on Monday. It's on this afternoon at 4 o'clock. It's just really the repeat of a show, but, I mean, it's it's on today at 4, too. But, hey, get a chance to check it out. It can, some, some are better than others. i got to say, they ain't all winners, but they're all pretty good. And the thing is, they have no format. There's no format. You might see a guy singing behind closed doors, Charlie Rich, and then you might see the Duprees doing, uh, you know, You Belong to Me. I, because I didn't want to do a format necessarily. See the pyramids along the Nile. Yes. <laughs> All right, Gary, it's always great catching up with you, pal. Thanks for coming in this morning. Hey, thanks so much, Wayne, and keep on rocking. Boy, you you <laughs> just still looking good even at the end of the show. Wow. <laughs> I'm speechless. The poem, (laughs) Gary Pomo on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.